Um, well, it's my true pleasure to be able to introduce our guest speaker today. Um, we'll be hearing from uh, Robert Owens. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about his background. Um, Robert is superintendent of the Southeast Conference of Evangelical Covenant Church, uh, providing administration to 40 uh, churches in six states, and he completed his Master's of Divinity at North Park the Theological Seminary in Chicago, as well as his Doctorate of Ministry from Columbia Theological Seminary in Georgia. Robert has served uh, as both a church planner and lead pastor, and he's passionate about mentoring young leaders um, and fortifying them with the strengths necessary for the long haul to accomplish kingdom goals. And let me just say this after having already heard the message first service was, you're in for a real treat. So please open your hearts and join me in welcoming Superintendent Robert Owens. Well, thank you for being here. Now, y'all look quiet because first service were real, they were real rowdy, you know what I mean? They got. They really got into this, so I'm expecting you all to get into this, because they, they really got into it. I mean, I mean, they were getting into it, so I, I'm expecting you all to just get into this today, because, because they were rowdy. I mean, I'm telling you, they, 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 were, they, were, they, they you know, like, you know, like a, a dog chasing a rabbit. They just hurt me on, you know what I mean? But I'm glad to be here. Thank you for welcoming me here and being a part of this worship experience this morning. Uh, you know, Art would tell me this over the years about his church. And he would say things like, man, these are some great people. You know, I go, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, Art sometimes have an imagination, you know. But I got to say it, and I'm on camera. Art, you're right. It's a great group of people. And I'm grateful that you all gave me the opportunity to stand before you this morning. So give yourself a hand. I want to thank uh, folks who's kind of been my handlers this week, uh, these next, these for a few days, and uh, Michael and Anna and Peggy and, and now you uh, and the folks in the sound booth who who trying to keep up with me as I was walking across the face. <laughs> so, so thank you all and uh, thank you a little bit. I'm getting a little hoarse, but uh, I'll, I'll get through this and uh, and we'll 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 get through it. Um, I got a little more time on the clock, so I mean I'm good. I'm good. Um, and certainly I want to thank Art and Brenda, your pastor, and uh, for the generosity of their spirit, and for them inviting me. You know, Hart and I have been friends a long time, and, um, and so, um, and he's a lifelong friend. It's good when you have lifelong friends, amen? amen. He's a lifelong friend, he and Brenda, uh, and uh, we've, we've talked about a lot of things and shared a lot of things. You know, we've argued a lot, you know, I mean, because you know Art can argue, right? I mean, y'all know, you know, he can be difficult sometimes, right? I mean, am I understand? He can be difficult sometimes. So, I mean, sometimes we get into these arguments, or, and some of these times, sometimes we get into these discussions. He doesn't like to call them arguments, but they, 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 get, they get heated sometimes, and, and, you know, and, and, then, and then he pulls this Sicilian card out on me. I said, Art, you know, I'm from the hood. 
Art's a good friend. I love that brother. And uh, you all got a good pastor. Y'all should say amen on that. Amen. <clears throat> Let's go to the word. Let's pray. Father, you say, we heard this morning, you are good. You are good. We heard this morning, come fill this place with your presence. Lord, we acknowledge you are good. We invite you now to fill this place with your presence. I pray, God, that you will use my words to speak to your people. Give them ears to hear and hearts to be receptive. Take what I say and minister it to them. Lord, we thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for your goodness in our lives. We thank you, God, that you give us an opportunity to hide behind the cross to be able to share your word. Now, God, let them see you and not me. Let them see you. Let them realize your word, even though I am just the vessel that bring it. May your word penetrate their spirit. We ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Matthews, chapter 14. Verses 22 through 32. The book of Matthews, chapter 14, verses 22 through 32. When you have it, say amen. amen. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up onto a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the disciples was already considerable distance from land, buffered by the waves because the wind was against them. Though in the fourth watch, of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began and beginning to sink, crying out, Lord, Save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Your little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, 
the wind died down. Look at your neighbor on the right side and say, stepping out of the boat. Okay, y'all was a little flat, okay. Look at your neighbor on the left side and say, that preacher up there said, stepping out of the boat. Okay, we got it. We got it a little bit. A tire stepping out of the boat. About 27 years ago, I um, left my home in Compton, California, where I was doing bivocational pastoring. I left my home to go to seminary, North Park. And the way that came about was, I was jogging one morning and my spirit was restless. And I heard a voice say to me, step out. Now I just kind of ignored it a little bit. Day after day I still was jogging and the voice repeated itself saying, step out. And I responded with, Lord, is that you talking to me? And I was a bivocational pastor, had secured my family financially. I was in the business community and pastoring as well. And I was content, content. Content. And here the Lord was saying, step out. And I'm asking myself, is he asking me to move from what was familiar to what was unfamiliar? Well, long story short, I went to North Park, our covenant denomination seminary. I went to an unfamiliar situation because even though I was a covenant pastor, I didn't know a lot of people in Chicago and had not interacted with a lot of people in Chicago. And those people in Chicago was just people in Chicago. And I had not connected with them in any sort of way. So I was leaving what was familiar in my neighborhood in Compton, California, pastoring the first African-American church, and I was comfortable in what I was doing. And here God is saying, step out. Well, I went to seminary, and after seminary, God sent me to Atlanta, Georgia, where I'm presently now, to start to plant a church in still an unfamiliar territory with unfamiliar people and circumstances that I did not, had not heretofore had encountered. It was in a rough neighborhood. It was in a neighborhood that was, I was considered a bad neighborhood. Now, I, thinking that I'm got my education. 
And I'm thinking that, you know, I got my MDF, so I'm good. I should not be called to go pastoring in a neighborhood where we couldn't exegete the text just like we needed to exegete the text, but I had to do not only exegete the text, but make the text fit the circumstances. Are you with me? So I'm in an unfamiliar situation. So God, in effect, has asked me to step out of my boat. Stepping out of the boat, going to and encountering a situation that may not be familiar is difficult sometimes. Our text today, Matthew chapter 14, is a text that I like starting off with it's in chapter 14, verse 1. It's what I like to say called the three T's. The three T's. Repeat that after me. The three T's. The three T's. The first T in 14 is when John the Baptist and Herod had their encounter. Now we know the story. John the Baptist is beheaded. Verses 1 through 12, John the Baptist is beheaded. And he's beheaded because he called out sin. Amen? He called out sin. If you know the text and if you read the text, he spoke in a situation where he was saying, what you are doing was wrong. And because he spoke truth to power, power took him out. Amen? I like that, brother. <laughs> power took him out. So he spoke truth to power. Sometimes it's difficult to speak truth to power. Can I get an amen? amen. Sometimes it is you can encounter danger when you speak truth to power. Amen? amen. So the first T was the tragedy. John got his head cut off. That's a tragedy, isn't it? The second T that I like to talk about is in 1321. It's the triumphant T. It's what I call being triumphal. Because in that stretch of text, Jesus comes into a situation where people are healed, wounded, are cured, and 5,000 men, not including women and children, was fed by two fishes and five loaves of bread. Have you ever fed anybody with two fish and five loaves of bread? 5,000. Jesus fed 5,000 people. The miracle, 5,000. And not including, some estimate was 30,000 people. But here Jesus feed these folks. And Jesus is now, has now created a miracle where everybody could see it. 
Amen? Amen. And so now, not only does Jesus, that the people around him see it, but his disciples sees it also. Are you with me? In other words, the people, the disciples, the folks who are following after Jesus, closely following after Jesus, they see this miracle. Now, I ought to give them some confidence, shouldn't it? He just fed five, he just healed folks, he cured their diseases, and he took two fish, five loaves of bread, and he fed some folks. But it's the third T that where our text is coming from today. And that T is transformation. And the transformation is centered on old Peter. Peter, who impetuous Peter, we all call him. You know, I mean, you know the story about Peter, you know. I mean, he was an arrogant guy. You know, he just spoke out of terms. And Peter had confidence in himself because he could do, you know, he would just, he, could, he, he was the one that was, had all of this, this machoism in him. You know what I mean? So he now, Peter. But there was some transformation that took place in Peter's life. Peter, Peter's transformation was exhibited because he stepped out of the boat on his faith. Peter's transformation was also exhibited because he didn't allow the influence of others to keep him on the boat. And third, Peter's transformation uh, occurred because he kept his eyes on Jesus. So that's three things I want to talk to you about today, and I'm going to let you go home and have your lunch, okay? Three things. One, are we acting on our faith? Two, are there other folks on the boat with us that are keeping us from acting on our faith? And three, are our eyes on Jesus? So the text tells us, oh, Peter had faith enough to get out of the water. I mean, get out of the boat to walk on water. Old Peter got out of the boat. Now, why do you think old Peter got out of the boat? Could it be that old Peter had the confidence to know that Jesus had just fed 5,000 folks and that that gave him a level of confidence to be able to walk on water? Or could it be that in Mark chapter 4, it talks about when Jesus was on the, the sea of Galilee and the winds and the storm came up and all the disciples was on the boat and Jesus was down in the, in, the, in, in the body of the boat and he had fallen asleep. Y'all know the story. He had fallen asleep and then the disciples asked him, Jesus, do you care if this wind, this storm kill us? And Jesus got up from his resting sleep. 
got up, walked out on the stern, and he said to the wind in Robert's vernacular, shut up, wind. And the wind ceased. Could it be that Peter had recognized that? They gave him his courage and faith? Or could it be that Peter was thinking that, okay, Lord, you're transforming me. You're shaping me. I'm walking out on, I'm going to walk out on this water because I see you. I know there's something here for me. Could it be that Peter was thinking long term when in Acts chapter, in, in, in the book of Acts, where Peter, chapter 10, where he goes over to Cornelius' house in an unfamiliar situation? Y'all know the story, right? And he asked the question, what dealings do Jews and Gentiles have? But because Peter, God had put this dream in his, in his mind and told him that you are to go and that you are to win the whole household and, and, and Cornelius and the whole household got saved. Could it be that Peter was looking forward to what was to come after the resurrection? Could it be? Y'all being very quiet. Tonight. What's going on? Y'all ain't tracking with me on this? I mean, I know y'all have scripture because Kate just told me y'all have been reading scripture. I mean, so I know you know the text, right? Because she just told me y'all going to have Bible study and y'all got to remember. That's a good thing, right? Good remember the text. So I know y'all got, y'all been reading. I know I told me y'all are good, good Christians here, right? <laughs> so y'all know the text. So could it be? Could it be? Acting on your faith. Faith is not just something you talk about. Faith is not just something you sit in your chair and come to church every Sunday morning and just start talking about it. You know I mean? In order for faith to work, it got to be active. Faith, everybody got this one, James passes. Faith without works is Faith, in order to work, has to be active. We can't just sit around and talk about faith. So the first thing that we want to do when we step out the boat, we're stepping out on the word that is active in our life. Amen? And you and I know the confidence that God has given us because Tell me something, Marine Covenant Church. Haven't God done something lately for you that can give you some confidence that your faith is active? Oh, I feel like preaching now. Oh, y'all don't got me, me rolled up now. Has God done something? Has God done something that has demonstrated his, his, your faith in your life? Has God done something that will give you the confidence that he is an active God? Has God done something that will remind you how much he loves you, how much he cares for you? Has God done something that tells you that he is God? And he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can think or imagine. Have God done something in your life? 
Have God done something? That demonstrate that you can get out of the boat. That you can step out of the boat and walk on the water of your circumstances. And God got you. I'm sorry, this is a little preaching thing that I do back in. And, and I'm sorry, I mean, art, you know, art may not want me to kind of go there. But, uh, but, you know, sometimes when you get, when you know the goodness of God and all that he has done for you, your soul gets happy. And you got to tell somebody. And I'm telling you, God has done great things in my life. So excuse me if I get a little excited sometimes about what God has done and what God is able to do for you. Faith. The church is the only change agent in the world. Do you believe that? No. No matter what you say, Programs can't do it. Your ability can't do it. It is the church. God has called out the church to be the change agent for the world. And he has given us the power to do that. And the the way he wants you to demonstrate that is get out of the boat. Step out of the boat and begin to act on the faith that God has given you. Oh, my time is running on. I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. That's what he wants to do. He wants you, church, to act on your faith. Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. That means he wants you to step out of the boat because he's going to use you. Amen? I mean, you know, he ain't just interested in you just sitting around and you not doing anything, right? He's not interested in that. He's interested in you getting out of the boat, acting on the faith, and he said, Lo, I'm going to be with you even to the ends. Y'all, y'all know that text, right? Even to the ends of the ages. He has called us to be the transforming agent in the world. And the only way we can do that if we step out of the boat. And don't get comfortable with our circumstances. Don't sit around. Now, I, 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 you know, I mean, you know, I know I'm preaching, I'm preaching to the choir here because y'all don't do that, right? Y'all, I mean, I, y'all, y'all ready to move. So I'm just coming to encourage you. I'm the cheerleader here now. I'm, you know, I'm not, this is not a message of, 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 of a condemnation. This is a message just to cheer you on because I know y'all are already doing some of that stuff, right? Amen? Amen. All right. The second thing is I move on. You got to be mindful who's on the boat with you. (laughs) Who's in your boat with you? 
You know, there will be naysayers. There will be people who will tell you, you can't do that. Right? There will be people telling you, you need to stay in the boat and be comfortable. You don't need to get out on the water because if you get out there, you're going to sink. Folks, there, is, there were 13 people in this story. 13. 12 disciples and Jesus. Only one stepped out of the boat. Peter. Now, imagine what the other one was saying. Well, I mean, can we use our sanctified imagination? Because you've heard these folks before, right? So we're not, we're not inventing anything because you've heard folks like this before saying, you can't do that. What makes you think you can do that? What makes you think you can witness to that person? What makes you think you can change that community? What makes you think you can be involved and things will happen? You've heard that, amen? So how have you responded? Well, can you just listen to them and then retreat back to your setting? Or can you say, no, I'm getting ready to preach now because I hear it coming, I hear it coming. No, you're going to say, no, 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 I'm just going to retreat. Because I know greater is he that is in me, that is in the world. And I know that I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthened me. I know that my father, who owns everything, is able to do exceedingly above I can even think or imagine. I know God is able to do that. If you get that kind of a testimony, you ought to be able to shout this morning. Because you know that, that it's not about you. It's about God and God's provision. You are not trusting in your resources. You are trusting in the source that gives you all the resources. I'm going to say that again because some of y'all didn't get that. Because you all have been up shouting amen on that one. You, you are, you are not trusting in your resources. You are trusting in the source of all your resources. If you're trusting in the source, if you're trusting in the source, not a tear drops without God knowing it. He knows every hair on your head. He knows it. He knows you. So when the naysayers come, when they try to prevent you from getting off the boat, you stand and you say to them, I know my God. I know Jesus. I know it ain't me. I know. That's, I'm sorry, guys. Ain't, I mean, that's a word in, in the South. So y'all, if y'all want to plug that one out, that's good. Isn't, I got that, but okay, but that's, you know, but. I'm, 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 y'all tracking with me now. Y'all tracking with me, right? Okay. I mean, so I, I know that God will do the impossible. And I know he will do that because I acted on my faith. And I stepped out of the boat. And I didn't listen to the other folks who were trying to keep me in the boat. Amen. Amen. Number three, and then I got to go. But they're looking at me back there in the, in the booth.
Keep your eyes on Jesus. The text said, when Peter got out of the boat, he said, Lord, if you bid me to come, I'll come to you. But then what happened? He took his eyes off, right? In the sink. Took his eyes off. When you're not tracking with Jesus, when your eyes are not on Jesus, then you're operating on your own strength. Amen? Here's what I know. Here's what I know. I know that we're in a race. And the church is in a race. And Hebrews chapter 12, 2 says, I encourage you to fix your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of your faith. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You can't do this by yourself. You get out on the boat, you're going to, you know, on that water, you're going to sink. You will sink when you're trying to do this on your own strength. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. Isaiah said, His word shall not return void. Y'all know what that means? That means His word is not empty, His word has power. And when you keep your eyes on Jesus, you are allowing the word of God to become activated in your life. Are you with me? So when faith is needed, you come back and you pull one of those texts that gives you the satisfaction and gives you the assurance that God is able because his word is not going to return void. His word is what you're standing on now. He's not there, but his word that he's left with us so that we, that when it washes over us, it gives us power to do all the things that God has called us to do. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word is still with us today. The Word is the transforming power of God. And when we keep our eyes on the Word, we're keeping our eyes on Jesus. The Word have I hidden in my heart that I might not Oh, man, y'all good. Man, y'all, y'all be learning. The Word. It's the Word that gives us the power. And it's the Word that transforms. It was the Word that Peter understood. It was the Word. Go back to Mark 4. It was the Word that when Jesus woke up from his sleep, stood out on the bows of that ship and said, shut up. When? He said, be quiet, okay? It's Robert's vernacular. Shut up. Thundering, dancing across the sky. Be still. It's the word. 
And when the circumstances of life come up for you, run to the word. It calms your spirit. It gives you the faith that you need to get out of the boat. It, it, it helps you to make all the naysayers be quiet because you're not listening to them. You're listening to the word. Amen? So, my closing quote is this. A ship in the harbor is safe. But that's not what the ships are built for. God called us to set sail. And once we are out on the raging sea, we see God and the possibilities and the new possibilities. Jesus is on the water and bid us to come. Do we dare? God is patiently waiting with us when sometimes we can't leave the, the comfort of our own boats. But God's still patiently waiting. But the church was built on Peter, not on others. Can you hear the voice saying, can you hear Jesus' voice saying, come, come, Marine Covenant Church, come, come, get out of the boat. If you want to walk on the water, you got to get out of the boat. There's a song that I love. I listen to it all the time. It's by the Arthur William McDowell. The song said, I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. Here I am, Lord. Here I stand, Lord. Lord, my life is in your hand. Lord, I'm longing to see your desires for me. Are you longing to see God's desire for you? Are you longing to see what God has in store for you? Are you longing to see how God is moving and shaping and perfecting you? so that you can act on your faith. Tell others to shut up. That's my interpretation of that. And keep your eyes on Jesus. Because when you do that, the text tells us, he who has begun a good work in you, are y'all with me? 
Paul text to Philippians. He who has started this thing in you. Oh, man, I want to preach this so bad. <laughs> but my time is up. <laughs> he who started this in you, he's going to complete this in you. He who started you moving towards getting out of the boat, he's going to complete you getting out of the boat. He who started the good work in you when you start walking on the water, he's going to complete the good work in you to complete what he's called you to do. He who has began this good work in you, he's going to complete it. And here's what I like to see. Yeah. Oh, yes, here's what I want to see. And we can rejoice with each other because the text tells us, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor have it entered into the hearts of men and women what God has in store for you, Marine Covenant Church. Because once you step out of the boat on the water of faith, God will complete his work in you. Amen. 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 Tell Art I didn't pre I didn't go over my 30 minutes. Tell him. Because I told him, you don't invite a black preacher and give him 30 minutes to speak. <laughs> Praise God. Let's stand.